welcome to the Cover 2 Resources podcast series, a podcast series about addiction and addiction education. My name is Amy McNeil. I lost my brother Samuel to a heroin overdose on October 23rd, 2015. He was 28. As a family, we thought we were prepared to help Sam fight addiction, but we were painfully mistaken. My family founded Cover 2 Resources in memory of Sam. Our mission is to arm others with the knowledge needed to best support a loved one struggling with opioid addiction. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Greg McNeil from Cover 2 Resources. In our country, we're becoming increasingly intolerant of wasteful government taxpayer spending. It's hoped the days of spending nearly a billion dollars annually to print documents that'll never be read will soon be coming to an end. And spending $2.5 million on Super Bowl ads to promote things like the U.S. Census will soon be a thing of the past. To that point, our leaders here in Ohio have launched an initiative with a pay-for-success approach to tackling the most pressing social and public health challenges facing our state. The infrastructure for this new initiative, known as Results Ohio, is led by Ohio Treasurer of State, Robert Sprague, who I'm delighted to have with us today as our guest. So, welcome, Treasurer of State Sprague. Thanks, Greg. Let's start with, how did Results Ohio begin? Give us the genesis of this program. Sure. Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to the heroin issue that you and I have discussed before on one of your podcasts. And, you know, I think that it seemed like no matter how much money we push forward, into the addiction space, it wasn't necessarily moving the needle. We weren't getting higher recovery rates. We weren't, you know, we we funded medication-assisted treatment. Uh, we did a lot of things across the state in terms of standing up recovery housing beds. Um, but at the end of the day, that wasn't necessarily improving recovery rates. And so the question became, when I was in the legislature, how do you incentivize people to do the right thing and provide some of these um, cheaper and yet more important services like peer support, housing, um, group therapy. Um, how do you in- incentivize providers to provide those things that we don't pay a lot for as a state and yet have a tremendous impact on people's walk in sobriety? And so we wanted to create a financial program uh, in the treasurer's office that provides a way for people to try new innovative ideas, but also that are based on paying for results instead of the state dictating that we're going to pay for certain processes. Because right now, you know, we, we pay for processes in heroin treatment. We pay for medication-assisted treatment time. We pay for a certain amount of residential care, detox. Uh, we pay for outpatient therapy or inpatient therapy. Uh, but we rarely pay for results. We really rarely pay for, you know, these elements of care that we are delivering in a process state are delivered in some cases um, um, desperately or in isolation as opposed to in integration. And so the idea with this Results Ohio program is that for the first time, we can pay for something that is achieving results you're paying not based upon processes, but you're paying upon you're paying upon success. How do you quantify that? That's very very difficult. Particularly, you know, one word that you used is in isolation. This is a self isolating disease, 
And so capturing many of those metrics is difficult. So how do you do that so you can determine those that are truly successful? It's a great question. So, and I think that's going to vary on what topic you're going to cover. So obviously this Results Ohio program is a financial tool. It can be used for things like addiction. We hope that it helps improve. For instance, we'd love to do a project that helps improve recovery rates. But it can also be used for water quality or recidivism for people that are coming out of prison, reintegrating into the community so that they don't return to prison. Um, no matter what the particular topic is, you hit on the key question, which is how do you, what sort of metrics do you use to measure the results? And um, something like it for, for an addiction type of a project, uh, it might be days of sobriety. Um, um, or there might be some other metrics that the provider thinks would be better um, in terms of employment or sustained housing. Or, um, you know, you could think of a number of different metrics for addiction and for recovery. Those that are putting forth the proposal, they're the ones that frame what the metrics will be. And then those become the what their performance is measured against. In some sense, I think also you know the governor's office, the legislature, um, who are in fact working with us to create these projects and make policy in the state of Ohio. They have to agree that that's what success looks like. Yeah, everybody has to sign off on it. Exactly, everybody has to sign off on it. So, who's eligible to participate in this program? Yeah, we really are, are opening it up to nonprofits across the state of Ohio. We hope to get the philanthropic community involved uh, so that they can begin to fund some of these pilot projects across the, st the state, whether it's in the addiction space or water quality. Um, having that philanthropic engagement is going to be critical. So how much funding can you frame, you know, as you envision the program and some of the proposals begin to roll in, what's our range for funding, the size of projects that would be the sweet spot? We think right now the those projects are going to be be between two and five million dollars. We have uh, three different funds. We have a federal level fund. We can actually pull down federal money that's been set aside for these type of pay for results programs. It's called the SIPRA grant. There's a hundred million dollars carved out federally that we can draw down if we have the right project. Uh, we have a state level fund so that we can fund state level money from the legislature or the governor's office and the departments that are under the governor. Then we also have a local level fund uh, where counties or cities could try this pay for results type of project financing. And so with each one of those, as far as the scope is concerned, would some of them say at the federal level, would that perhaps be a national project? Or is this limited to, to are we focused on just the state of Ohio? Right now we're focused on just the state of Ohio. A national project would probably be much larger in scope. It'd be a much larger than a, say, three to $5 million project, but it could be. It could be. Um, it certainly could be national in scope. And, you know, these, these pilot projects could vary. It could be one year, depending on the circumstance. It could be three years. But we're trying to get it, obviously, into a shorter amount of, of time, a shorter time frame, so that we can get more projects off the ground and try more new ideas to tackle these problems. So what's the process to apply for this? Well, uh, right now, you know, it's working with the treasurer's office. Obviously, we want people to contact the treasurer's office. And then you know, we're going to pull in the governor's office, the legislature as necessary, uh, and make sure that they're involved because ultimately they're going to appropriate money uh, to fund these projects and determine the policy goals. I think this came down in July. Was that right? That's right. Since then, have some 
kind of come to the forefront that kind of crystallize what this effort is all about? Maybe you can share a few examples of projects that are coming forward. We've had, you know, one in particular up here in Northeast Ohio is, is Zero Backs. It talks about recidivism. It's called Zero Back because they want zero of the people to go back to prison. Uh, but that's a great example of a pay-for-results type project because um, at the end of the day, we can measure how much you know, how many people are coming back. They've got really good statistics. Um, and it's a very exciting project. And if it's successful, not only will it help our communities by doing the right thing and helping people from prison reintegrate back into their families, their communities, uh, into the workforce, which we need to improve our workforce or expand our workforce, uh, but also on the back end, it saves the state a lot of money uh, because we're spending a lot uh, in, in prison. Uh, in terms of the prison cost. So uh, we do the right thing. We also save the taxpayers money. That's like a program that would be along the lines of Edwin's, where I believe you just came from there, right? It would be. Um, that would be similar to Edwin's. You know, Edwin's is not a part of the Results Ohio program, but that would be a great example of a project where you know, they are essentially out in the community. They're running it like a private business. They've got all that flexibility, all that speed, all the creativity come with operating a private organization um, and at the end of the day if you know if they were successful we could buy back portions of their program or help them take a program that's already working um, saying uh, instead of applying it just to, just to that restaurant and shaker or in the surrounding community take it countywide all of Cuyahoga County or even statewide to the entire state of Ohio since it's producing results. And, you know, that's a shining example of where it really can get exciting because what Brandon's doing there with his restaurant, his series now of restaurants, is it, it's truly amazing because he's transforming so many lives by giving these people, former inmates, this second shot at a life and a career. And many of them have found their passion. And it's neat to see him at work. You know, you must have been blown away by it. Was this your first visit? Yeah, it, it was. And he is absolutely incredible. And the restaurant is incredible. Not just what they produce in terms of just amazing high-quality food, but also just the process for helping people have hope, um, getting them reintegrated into society. It's impressive. Let's talk about some other uh, programs that traditionally have a difficult time getting funded in-school programs. There's uh, the one program that before we went on air here, I, uh, I mentioned it a little bit. It's a, kind of a passion of mine and one that I really believe in, Drug-Free Clubs of America. Um, one of their challenges um, is sometimes getting funded. It costs $67 per student per year to fund that program. And so for some uh, communities, some school systems, that's a little tough. That's a, that's a tough lift. Would there be a uh, funding here for a program, you know, with your program? I'll tell you, the way that would work is, you know, prevention is something also that you can measure. You can measure what kids learn, what they understand, and um, some of those rates. And so that's a good candidate for a program that would be a pilot project. Um, we'd have to go out and raise some private money to start the pilot. But at the end of the day, if the state agrees, and the governor's office has said that prevention is one of their priorities, uh, and they carve out some money for this, we could certainly have a results-based program on prevention that at the end of the pilot project, say it's you know one year worth of kids, and you find out what they learn, uh, and the state could say, look, 
if they're able to increase their knowledge or whatever the metric for that might be, um, then we're willing to, to buy back that program at the end of the pilot project. Um, and it'd be, a, it'd be a, f- a phenomenal way to take that program and expand it to other communities. How about grassroots initiatives? You know, you've got a lot of moms and pops across the country and many, many in our state, families that have been impacted by this, uh, by losing a loved one like we have. And, you know, there's so many of them that have started nonprofits and they struggle sometimes to, to get funding together for, for their programs. Do you see a place in here for them? Uh, absolutely. I mean, we hope that this program in particular is kind of a, a, the laboratory for the state of Ohio to try new things. And if they work, the state can pay for them. If they don't, the taxpayers hasn't paid for a program that's not producing results. Uh, so it's really going to reward innovation and those programs that clearly are you know, moving the ball down the field. One of the struggles that we have in our state is recovery housing. And I'll ask you to, to speak to that, how that would be viewed as um, you know, addressing, you know, utilizing Ohio results to address our shortage of really good, high-quality recovery housing. And I guess I'm going to have to frame that with one more thing that I, that's a pet peeve of mine. Because many of them don't accept medication-assisted treatment. And that's a real struggle because um, today I think that's been recognized as the gold standard. We have more people that are able to recover through things like drug courts and everything because they also are using a little bit of leverage um, and they get people involved with medication-assisted treatment. But then oftentimes when it comes to recovery housing, we're blind to that and we don't have enough options. So, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't prompt this beforehand, so sure. that may be a little bit out of bounds. No, I think it's perfectly in bounds. And what I would say to you is, I can just remember in the legislature, we stood up 600 recovery housing beds. What we found afterwards was that it's not just the housing that's critical. It's the housing in conjunction with treatment, in conjunction with a peer sponsor, um, you know, in conjunction with a, a, you know, a group program and so on and so forth. And so what we'd like to do is really have a holistic program that is able to achieve um, you know, demonstrable results, not just uh, an isolated slice of, of, of programming. You know, we want something that's comprehensive in nature. And to your point, one of the things that that does is you quickly realize if you want to achieve results, that person has to have a sober living environment. And so if you were to pay for results, then all of a sudden you really have to find sober living. Um, and so I think it, it drives us in that direction. Employee-assisted programs. We've done a few shows on those, and we found some programs that are really, really effective that way. In our state, I can see Results Ohio having a big impact on that, on companies, small and medium-sized companies in particular, to encourage them to adopt those. Any thoughts on that? That's not something that we've considered uh, in the private sector. What did you have in mind specifically? So employee assistance programs would be those whereby if an employee, any employee, has an issue and that they want help, the uh, employer, to the, the degree that they can, they would support them by letting them go away, go into treatment, get it taken care of, guarantee them a job when they come back as long as they stay clean, and support them along the way in the process. If uh, they can uh, pay some of the bill, they would, they would do that. Otherwise, there's some organizations that, that don't even pay the bill, but they give them that guaranteed support that they need to make it happen. 
And what's happened in some of those organizations is it's really changed them. It's changed the culture because um, they've come back. Many people have come back from treatment and they've come into this different environment where now it's this supportive environment of people that are also in recovery. And so it's, it's put what was under the table up above board and it's created a new community. Really neat stuff. So I, I just that's the type of thing that I was thinking about in yeah. terms of fostering that type. I don't know that that would be a, a fit for the Results Ohio program. I think the Results Ohio program might be a better fit for, say, the treatment program that somebody through employee-assisted and employee-assisted program would go and be a part of. You mentioned peer recovery uh, coach program. So how do you see that coming into play here with Results Ohio? I think it's a little bit like the housing issue in that, right, it's one element that's critical, and yet, really, we don't spend much money as a state on it at all. Why? I mean, we spend money on detox. We spend a ton of money on detox. We spend a ton of money on residential. We don't spend any money on peer support, really. Um, and so you kind of scratch your head at that, and you say, well, why aren't we spending money on peer support when – when we go around and you know you talk with somebody who's struggling with an addiction, they rarely say to you, "Gee, it was my um, counselor in the in the in the right you know right. with the master's degree that I met with for half an hour a week that really helped me in my walk in sobriety." No, it was the guy I was having a breakfast with that I called up at midnight and I needed some help, and uh, so why don't we pay for that? So that's the idea behind this is. You know, there's a lot of different elements of recovery. I mean, there's the housing element, there's an employment element, there's a peer uh, mentorship element, uh, there's there is detox, and there's a medication assisted treatment element, and all those things have to be delivered um, in a very integrated manner and over a much longer period of time. And that's something that we should pay for as a state, and that's what we're trying to drive at uh, with some of these things because we know that those programs that do provide all those things that we just talked about. Have better results. So what are the most important thing or the biggest takeaway that you would have for our audience on this program? I think just that, you know, we've got a program here that for the first time creates uh, an integration between the public sector and public sector money and the private nonprofit world to create this laboratory of ideas, new ideas, um, that for a long period of time, we've spent a lot of money as a state throwing money at you know, different grant programs, but you've got to qualify through certain criteria. A lot of hurdles. Right, a lot of hurdles. And this kind of throws it all on its head and says, look, just get us the results. Right? We'll pay for those programs that are producing the results. We're not going to dictate how you get there. But clearly, if you're going to have results, you're going to have a high integration, you know, as we talked about, with the critical elements of care. And instead of the state trying to dictate what those elements are, we just say, look, let's hit the measurables and we'll pay for that program. So I think it's uh, an innovative concept. I don't think it's a panacea. It's not going to be right for every single project and every single problem. But uh, we've got some challenges as a state that we need to be creative in fixing. And this is going to be a great financial tool to allow our state to not just be ground zero for the heroin epidemic, but to be ground zero for the solutions to the heroin epidemic. Outstanding. Well, I, I want to thank you. This has uh, been enlightening. And uh, the, so the doors open for all the applications. Uh, anybody that wants to apply, they would simply go to your website. They can go to the treasurer's website um, and 
we are actually in the process of you know, creating a more detailed application, um, and that should be out, we anticipate, sometime next year. Uh, and uh, so we're very excited to, to get the program launched and begin to build our portfolio of companies. But they don't have to wait for your more detailed proposal or program to come not. out. They do not. They do not. They can They're submit not. an application today with the framework that you have out there. We're already in process with some yeah. projects, so they can they can uh, submit right now. Fantastic. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Greg. Really enjoy being with you again. We've been joined today by Ohio Treasurer Robert Sprague. Robert has become the uh, 49th Treasurer of State on January 14th, 2019, bringing to this office his extensive experience working in financial matters in both the public and private sectors. Under Treasurer Sprague's direction, the office manages the state's $20 billion investment and $10 billion debt portfolios. He collects and deposits all state revenues and oversees custodial assets. As state representative, he also was instrumental in seeing through the passage of our state's Good Samaritan Bill. So once again, my pleasure to uh, have Robert Bragg with us today. My name is Greg McNeil. I'm the founder of Cover 2 Resources. For the latest on community events and our podcast series, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Cover 2 Resources. That's Cover and the number two in resources. As always, thank you for listening to this Cover 2 PPT podcast. That's people, places, and things making a difference in the opioid epidemic. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cover 2 Resources podcast. This episode is a production of Cover 2 Resources and is made possible by listeners like you. If you'd like to donate or to sponsor a future podcast, please visit cover2.org. As always, thank you for listening. Together, we can make a difference in the opioid epidemic, one life at a time.